Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Reality Is. As always, it's Noor, and it's our weekly What's Going On in the World episode with my brother, Raheel. Hey, Raheel, guess what? Rave reviews What's about up? you. Oh, that's nice. It's always nice to hear. No, I still like you. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. <sighs> mm-hmm. Um, number one, um, I'd like to give you my condolences about the Yankees. Well, so yes, the season's over and they're down three, nothing today's game four. Um, it is, uh, it's not looking good. The bats have gone quiet. Um, the thing about the Yankees and actually I have, I have, uh, I have a bone to pick with you about this because, uh, well, not about this, but, um, the thing about the Yankees season was it started off very hot. Um, and mm-hmm. then they went through like a miserable spell in the middle where they were mm-hmm. like 12 and 26. So okay. emotionally, I was kind of prepared for them to die again in the playoffs. Right. So this okay. is it hurts, but at least I'm done with it. My bone to pick with you is that this these condolences are obviously um, through your husband, who uh, is a Philadelphia fan. Does not follow uh, the Phillies baseball at all. He just found out that they were in the NLCS and that they made and that they made uh, the the World Series. And he's I've seen him. I've seen him in our groups together. He's just been kind of mentioning the Phillies here and there as <laughs> they've gotten hotter. And I didn't say anything to him because you know there's other people and this is a family matter. But if the Yankees had made it. And the Phillies actually just, they made it today. So congratulations to him or whatever. But Uh if he kept that bullshit up, I would have shown up at your house in a green dress. Like uh, Alicent. I would call. (laughs) I was like, that's weird. Why would you wear a green dress? Um, First of all, he'd love that because he'd be like, is this for the Eagles? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I was going to, I was going to give you condolences, but then I only did that snarkily so that I could congratulate all the Philadelphia sports fans. I know. I know. Like more so I could talk about how great I feel right now. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Listen, you weren't like this when you were growing up. I know that you have been influenced in the viper's pit uh, that <laughs> okay. is your marriage. The Excuse snake me. that is your husband. Wait, I <laughs> No, I take a lot of problem with that because you could say anything about me, but how dare you say that I was not this petty before That's I got true. married. Okay? If anything, you've, you've made your husband petty. He was a sweet, yeah. swell guy, just like the sweetest guy in the world. And the you. Venom, the venom is me, okay? <laughs> uh, we're a venomous so- family. And we are. Um, so you're right. Yes, he did not care. Uh, but yeah. we did this afternoon watch baseball for the first time ever in our family. And he was up there staring at the TV instead of sitting on the couch like a normal person because he was nervous about the game. And then I was like, oh, are you excited? Like, are you like super are, is like Philly sports Twitter like blowing up? And he was like, yeah, I mean. I'm trying not to be like a, you know, make a big deal out of it because it would be kind of fake of me because I don't really care 100% that fake. He, he sent this message in the group and he was like, Harper, and then a bunch of exclamation marks. And I was like, you've never watched a Phillies game. What are you talking about? Because Bryce Harper hit a home run or something today. I was like, oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. He's a snake through and through. Um, but yeah, we did watch, we did watch and we were really excited, but you know, one thing I noticed is that the Philadelphia Phillies have possibly the laziest name I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like New yeah. Jersey being like, uh, the New Jersey, uh, jerseys. <laughs> the New Jersey, new New Jerseys. Yeah, <laughs> Philadelphia Phillies. Fawn's like, oh, but the Houston, they're the Texans. I was like, yeah, but it's still not quite that like texans is at least a little bit different than houston like philadelphia phillies that's the laziest i can't imagine a lazier name the only philly i know outside of philadelphia is like a dog right i'm not a dog sorry a horse isn't aren't there horses called phillies isn't that a thing isn't that what i'm supposed to call women in like the (laughs) 1950s in the what in the 1950s. <laughs> not now. I mean, I would never. Come on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Of course not. She's a fine looking Philly. <laughs> Is that like Philly, like P H or F I L L Y? 
Yeah. No, okay. I, I googled mean... it. It's a, a young female horse, especially one less, ooh, one less than four years old. Yeah. In horse that's years, that's like in horse years, that's like forty-five. No, I don't think so. No, it's like you know, um, it's perfect uh, because... for Leonardo horses. <laughs> <laughs> no, how? What's a horse's lifespan? You should know. You know, this is You're a big horse person, aren't you? Question. How long do horses live? Horse lifespan. Twenty-five um, to thirty years. What? Wow, that's rough. I mean, that's okay. Okay. But I know that when they like uh, like race horses, it's like the three, like the two and the three year is like the their peak for when they can perform, and then they go out to stud, which is the life. Wow, that's really sad. What's sad? That horses only live like twenty five years. Oh, <laughs> do you have a a lot of horses in your life that you're sad to see go? I'm just saying I just you know horses feel like to me like first of all I feel like horses have been around forever uh-huh well they have okay they have <laughs> historically yes and I just feel like 25 to 30 years like that's not a lot of time what about a, what about a housefly a housefly lives for like a day I don't see you okay. shedding any tears for houseflies because <laughs> they're fucking annoying oh wow were, okay. were houseflies ever the main mode of transportation for people I'm sure if you're small enough no, 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 now you're being ridiculous. Now you're being absurd. You're like, well, and honey, I shrunk the kids it was. Catch the red-eye horsefly to the bathroom. <laughs> don't, don't. Okay. Right. Um. Anyway, back to sports. Yeah, I'm excited for the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, I, I'll root the for the series. I'll root for the Phillies because they're likely take on the Astros and the Astros are the worst organization in baseball. I hate them. Are they? Tell me why. Well, I can show you a very, uh, a very interesting clip. I can send you a very interesting John Boy clip that explains why. But basically the Astros were cheating um, for like four years and they won a World Series while they were cheating. So in baseball, do you really want to know this? Because I see, I think, I, I can see that you are not really interested. But I can tell, I can do like a quick synopsis. So in baseball, you, you, you know, <laughs> sign stealing. I'm just talking to myself. <laughs> you know why I'm going into this. The Astros are assholes, okay? Okay, the but Astros what do you mean by, like, when, when you say cheating, what does that mean? Yes. Like, are we talking about deflated balls? Are we talking about corked bats? What are we saying? It's You know, you would actually enjoy this cheating scandal. So in baseball, when a pitcher's pitching, right, you know how the catcher gives them signs that, so they know what pitch, what kind of pitch is coming up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a one and two. You, have you seen yeah, the yeah, catcher yeah. by his crotch? He's like putting yeah, down Yeah, I know. Yeah, I got it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so a part of baseball has always been like, how do you protect? Like, so if a base runner is... If, you know, if there's a base runner, he can communicate to his teammate who's at bat what yeah. kind of ball and what kind of pitch is coming. So that's kind of an accepted part of baseball. So, like, the pitching team knows that they have to protect against it. And the batting team knows, okay, we're going to try to do it, but we got to keep a secret. No issue. No harm. It happens. It's part of the gamesmanship. The Astros, um, what they were doing was they had a camera in center field when they were playing home games, right? So mm-hmm. they would... Um, if there was a fastball coming, what they would do is they had a trash can in their dugout or like right behind their dugout, right? So if there was like a fastball coming, they would bang the drum on the, they, they would, they would uh, bang the, the garbage can and mm-hmm. then the hitter would know that what kind of pitch was coming and then he would swing. <sighs> so, you know, they were using technology. That is not cool. They were just flat out cheating. So... They got in trouble for that, but not any real trouble. Their manager got fired, but nothing actually real. Um, and they won a World Series. And then there were bitches about it too. Like there was like a lot of there were a lot of rumors about the Astros cheating. And then their players were like, you know, they were being real sarcastic about it or whatever. And then after like the evidence came out, they were um, you know, they weren't uh, as funny about it. They were just like, Oh, you know, we they were just read basically they basically just read statements, and it was really cowardly. And fuck the mm. Astros. Anyways, I'm rooting for you the know, Phillies. The more you say Astros, it sounds a lot like you're almost about to say assholes. And so that's – Well, it would that fit. Is, you know, that's interesting. I mean, I can't lie to you. I So 
my um my like uh I feel like it's my I I've diagnosed myself with ADHD. That reason why I haven't been officially diagnosed is because I can't get an appointment with with a medical professional who will diagnose me. It's very complicated, but. My like ADHD superpower, and I think you and I have talked about this, is like the amount of effort I put into avoiding things and just doing them mm-hmm. correctly. Like the amount of effort I put into loopholes is like if I just put in that effort into doing the thing I needed to do, I could be a senator. Like I would be very famous. Like I it just like I the capability I have in my brain to just <laughs> skirt my responsibilities sometimes is like I just wish I put that brain power to use to do the thing I need to do. Anyway, so coming up with ways to cheat a game. Yes. I think about that all the time when I'm watching sports. So I feel like, you know what? Astros, (laughs) good for you. Are you saying God bless the Astros? I'm not saying God bless the Astros. Cheating is an accepted part of baseball. No, listen. Listen, I'm, I'm not saying that it's okay to cheat. I'm just saying that because I am constantly thinking of ways that somebody could cheat, I'm also very untrusting of people. So I would also just be like on top of that. I, I, what I'm saying is I should be in charge of the ethics committee for all sports. (laughs) Right after you told us that if you weren't all in on the cheating and loopholes in your life, you'd be a state Senator or a Senator Senator. You know, who knows? But I'm saying what I'm saying is that I um, I'm a good person. It's like I I'm a good person. Okay, (laughs) no, 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 I'm not a good person. What I'm saying is I should be in charge of like the ethics committee because I would think of all of the ways to like make rules. I'd be like, well, we have to make a rule that blocks them from doing this because if they do this, basically. Yeah. So basically you would be like, I got real animated. Um, so basically what you're saying is you would put yourself in front of the ethics committee and be like, these are all the terrible things that I, a terrible person, can think of. Let's find a way to protect the game against a piece of shit like me. You know what I would be? I would be like a great consultant for the ethics committee. Like the way that um, hackers turn into like security consultants? Exactly. Fantastic. That's great. <laughs> I'm happy for you. Anyways, fuck the Astros. The Yankees season's over. I'm All right. Well, RIP to them. Um, do you want to give us a touchdown Tommy update? Touchdown Tommy. Did you see that? I think you sent it to me. Did you see this Did new see- story about touchdown Tommy? Yeah, about- the new story. About- so he's obviously going through a divorce. Things are really yeah. bad. But Tom Brady said this week, um, he's finding it nearly impossible to focus on his personal life half of the year, explaining he feels like NFL seasons are similar to, quote, going away on deployment for the military. Yes. How do you feel about that? Listen, uh, number one, I, as you know, as I think everybody should gather is I'm not a military girly. OK, I'm not very yeah. pro-war. I'm not uh, people. I'll be honest. It's like. When I'm around people in like camo or like military mm-hmm. shirts, I get nervous. It makes yeah. me very anxious. Um, but like um, Tom Brady, <laughs> I would certainly not compare your like your game, your mm-hmm. professional, uh, your profession, which is playing a game to yeah. people risking their <clears throat> lives uh, serving yes. in the military. sir. like, how is he? How are how are Republicans not like murdering him? Well, they don't really care. They don't really care. Um, I'll say this. They don't actually care about the military. You're telling me Republicans don't actually care about vets? No, I don't think it's completely genuine. I am. (laughs) I'm sorry. Sorry for the hot take. Um, Anyways. uh, So as you know, I have, uh, I hated Tom Brady. And then it turned into a deep admiration of his professional accomplishments. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I read this news story. And right off the bat, I was like, this is a ridiculous take. Um, and then I thought it through. And then oh, I God. kept thinking it through. Oh, no. And my professional admiration for Tom Brady has just turned into full-blown love. Oh! I love the man. I'm going to take, I'm, I'm going to need some time to explain it to you if I, if I can. But <clears throat> <sighs> 
Do you want me to? Yes. You've already okay. said it. Because now the work I have to do is like either I just <laughs> cut this off, then I have to do the work to edit this section out of the episode, yeah. or I let you explain yourself. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. You might as well just start looking at your cell phone right now. That's fine. I'm just going to be going off on my own. Um, <laughs> anyways, so think about sports as a fan, as like growing up, like as a grown up, right? Um, when you're a kid, rooting for a sports team is very easy. Like it's a very easy thing to do because the colors are fun. You get to see all these grown men do these amazing athletic things and you have a team and it's just, you know, you, there's like good guys and bad guys. It's simple. All you have to do is just focus on the stupid game. You just root for the team. You root for the action. That's it. As you get older, you start to realize like, right, it's, you're like, you do think about it. You're like, but why am I rooting for this team? Like why? Like I love sports, right? I would do anything to be like a quarterback or like a professional basketball player or whatever, but I can't do it. So I'm like, why do I love watching somebody else do the thing that I love so much, right? So there's a part of that that's in you. The second thing about sports is that rooting for like one team or rooting for a favorite team is 99% of the time, it's a miserable fucking experience. Yes. Like watching correct. watching a game is miserable. Like if you, like let's say if you have a favorite NFL team, the chances of them winning the Super Bowl is one in 32. And that's yeah, it. I'm, you know, ev everything goes. Yes, you know? I'm familiar. I'm married to an Eagles fan. Go on. Yeah. So, like, you know that I'm in for heartache. That's what you're signing up for, okay. right? You want to be, like, you know that you're probably going to be miserable. And the third part about it that's weird is that, like, I know it's stupid. Like, I know that it is, like, Nothing that's happening on the field, like it has no real world consequences, right? Like I understand that it's silly. I understood that it was silly the first time I went to watch a football game as a 16 year old. And like I saw like these grown men, like these, you know, these grown men basically wearing tights and like bright colors. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, it was just it. You understand that this is all ridiculous. This is a ridiculous yeah. existence, right? So then you think about somebody like Tom Brady. There's two, there's a, another thing that I the, that I thought about Tom Brady along with this was, I think we touched on it last time, was that there's this clip of him yelling at his offensive linemen last week. He was like dropping F-bombs on the sidelines because mm -hmm. they lost last week and they lost this week also. And you could just tell that he was miserable, right? Yeah. And if you think about that, out of the context of football, if you think about a 45-year-old man yelling at his 22-year-old co-workers and dropping F-bombs at them <laughs> while he's dressed up in, like, bright tights and just dressed up as, like, a ridiculous Halloween costume, you're like, this is, this is an insane, this is an insane endeavor, right? Mm -hmm. So I think about Tom Brady, and the thing about Tom Brady is, like, he, he has had the best professional career you could ask for his legacy is intact he's the greatest quarterback in the biggest sport in the world right he there's no he's like there's no questions about it and along with that like he is a huge celebrity right mm -hmm. so he's like any room that he walks into he is the biggest celebrity in that room he's married to a supermodel his life on paper is perfect yeah he does not have to play football anymore to be tom brady like the next half of his life, he's like on the precipice of owning like a billion dollar business. All he has to do is quit playing football. That's all he has to do. <laughs> yes, right? correct. Yeah. So when I hear Tom Brady compare himself to an army person, mm -hmm. what it tells me is that he is a lunatic. Right? <laughs> yes. He's an absolute lunatic. But yes. the thing is, what it does is that it validates my own lunacy when it comes to rooting for a sports team. He is just as crazy as I am for wanting to do this shit. Like Tom Brady could right. retire right now. Yeah. He could go on like a tour of tomatoes. He could eat some nightshade. He could get a little soft in the in the middle. Nobody <laughs> oh, are would tomatoes care. night not nightshade. Tomatoes are nightshade. Know. That's what I'm saying. No, tomatoes oh, well, are, are I'm saying I'm saying now. Who gives a shit? He doesn't have to play quarterback anymore. Bring on the tomatoes. No, but I'm just saying you're now we know what nightshade are because we didn't know what nightshade was. 
Well, we still don't know what nightshade is uh, as a whole, but I do know I do know that tomatoes are nightshade. That is confirmed. So he doesn't eat them. He doesn't eat them because okay. of the inflammation, apparently. Okay. And he can't do that. And he can't do that. So that, yeah, so that you think about it, right? You're like, there's this guy who has a perfect life. He's married to a supermodel. They yeah. seemingly had a good marriage. He has like healthy kids. Everything is great, right? And he is choosing to napalm that. So he can go and pretend to be a general for 22-year-olds. Like, if you think about Tom Brady, like, sitting on the couch, dressed up in his Buccaneers, like, outfit, <laughs> and Giselle is like, hey, we got to talk to the therapist. This marriage isn't working out. And Tom, and Tom Brady's like, no, but the guys are waiting for me. I'm their captain. I'm their general. They're all waiting for me. It's so ridiculous, right? Like, who yeah. would sign up? Who would be okay with that? But the fact that he is crazy lets me know that my craziness is validated. And I'm I'm happy that somebody as great as Tom Brady has not taken his foot off the pedal. Um, he is going to continue to be a psychopath. Uh, Michael Jordan, another noted psychopath, can't be happy. <laughs> you need to watch The Last Dance. He is just a miserable person. He's so petty. It's amazing. So, you know, all that is, it, it adds up to... Um, me just fall, me just being in love with Tom Brady because there's like really no reason for us to watch sports. There's no reason for us to be as emotionally invested in sports as we are. There's no reason for your husband to stand and just stare at the TV and like curse to himself <laughs> and pretend like the coach can hear him when he's calling out <laughs> plays. Right? We're all crazy. It's like, yeah, it's like I love Tom Brady. Brady. It's like it kind of just proves like if Tom Brady was not an actual football player, he mm-hmm. would be that guy who goes to every single like every. Where is he from? California, right? Yeah, he's from uh, San Francisco. He, yeah, he uh, would... don't get me started. <laughs> We're not going to get into the 49ers, but he, he wanted to play. He grew up. He grew up a 49ers fan. They passed up on him. <laughs> okay. All right. Relax. Time. But he would be that guy who like goes to every single 49ers game. And has like, you know, like he might not even have 50 yard line seats. He might have these like nosebleed seats, but he goes and he sits at every single game ever. Yeah. Because he's that's a psychopath. Just how die hard he is. He is a yeah. psychopath. Well, yeah. okay. Well, what's that. troubling is for me to hear that his um, psychopathy is psychopathy. not alarming to you. And no, it's also, great. also, it makes you uh, say, okay, it's okay to be crazy. Exactly. I don't know it how I is, feel about it is, that. It is a crazy endeavor, right? And there's a way to be, like, there's a way to be a sports fan. Like, sports overall are great. There, there's a lot of news stories and a lot of culture stuff that comes out of sports, right? There's yeah. a lot of great conversations that can happen. Um, and you can just follow it that way. Like, right now, the Yankees are basically out of it, right? I'm still going to yeah. want to know what happens in their game. I'm just not emotionally invested in it. Or, like, this morning, Pakistan and India played in the World Cup. And yeah. it was, it's the first match and it was at 4 a.m. And I could have gotten up at 4 a.m. But last night I made a business decision. I was like, I don't want to be, I don't, I don't want to be emotionally invested in this because it's not a final. It's not like a, it's not like an elimination game or anything. Um, and it's 4 a.m. So I took a melatonin and I just slept all the way through it. And I woke up this morning and it came down to the last ball because I woke up and there were like 900 messages on my WhatsApp between all the different groups talking yeah. about it by the guys that were watching it. And I know that if I was actually watching the game, I would have lost my mind. Like I would have been yeah. so upset because of the way that Pakistan lost, right? Instead, mm-hmm. now I just I can just go back. I watch the highlights. And, um, you know, there's this guy named Virat Kohli, um, the yeah. Indian captain. I don't know if he's a captain anymore, but... He's a legend and uh, I got to watch his highlights and he did an amazing job. And, you know, I, I watched like it's fun to watch somebody do their job really well. So I was happy for him. Um, but in the moment, while I was if I was watching the game, I would have lost my shit. And it's like, why? You know, why go through that? Go through that experience. But we do that. We do that over and over and over again. And I don't know why. I mean, I have my theories, but. I had this thought because I was like watching um, my husband then watch, I guess, the 49ers game. And uh, and I realized like how he's like he will he'll watch and he like knows every single guy 
Like they cut to the sideline and they and I immediately it was like, oh, that's the MAGA guy where he'll told me about. He was like, yeah, that's the MAGA guy. And like it's funny because like the 49ers are not Fahad's team, but he yeah. knows everything about them, right? I was like, that's mm-hmm. crazy for people to know like how many players are there in each football team? 55. Okay. And like out of the 55, how many regularly play? So uh, 22, right? So there's right. 11 offensive, 11 defensive. So we'll say 25 players at least per team. And how many teams mm-hmm. are there? 32. Okay. That's too many fucking people, right? It's a lot of but people. But like, that's so many people. But like, Fod probably knows most of them. And then I was watching it and I was like, this is ridiculous. But then I was like, if somebody was to ask me about every single housewife that has ever been on Bravo, like I would be able to tell you too much information about them. Yeah. So I guess it's kind of the same level of It's that plus the thing is, so as if our lunacy wasn't enough, we've added the aspect of fantasy sports on top of it. So it's just a whole other layer of just hurt and despair. And (laughs) everybody who's played fantasy football has a story about how terrible a loss they had. And they're like ready to tell you. Um, and the thing is, is you really don't care. Nobody cares about somebody else's loss. Like we just pretend like we do, but we have, we all have our own stories. Like I can tell you like five different fantasy football heartbreaks that I experienced from like the last 10 years, just off the top of my head, which is just yeah. another one of those things, right? We just like the, the thing about sports is, is that the losses hurt way, way more than the wins make you happy. There's only been like two football wins that I've experienced that are anywhere close to like like the pain I feel from the losses. It's almost like men want to be miserable. I have a theory about sports, but I don't know. Okay. I think I think I think we've taken too much time on it already. I can tell you. Well, what is it? Can you make it quick? <laughs> like how we have I a tease lot it of stuff and- to cover, and one of them is sports related. So no. okay. Maybe we'll save it. We can save it. We'll save it. Okay, you tell me about sports. Because the sports don't stop. Okay, the sports don't stop. Who knows? Maybe by next week, the Yankees will have come back with like a legendary return and they were make it to the World World Series Super Bowl, whatever. Okay, listen. This is related to sports because Uh um, of a series of texts that were released. So did you hear about what's going on? Olivia Wilde is, I think, like the MVP of this podcast because (laughs) – We've talked about her a lot. Yeah. But this week, um, a bunch of texts were released by uh, Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde's ex-nanny. And all these texts are basically about, they're around the series of time when she had started filming the movie and their breakup started. And so now, like, what Olivia Wilde has said is like, oh, no, like, you know, Jason and I had broken up before Harry and I got together, which is, of course, super sad because in Venice, Harry and Olivia were completely ignoring each other. So uh, the texts that were released from the nanny basically mm-hmm. were all these texts that these frantic messages, these distraught messages from Jason to the nanny and a couple of messages from Olivia to the nanny where the nanny felt like she was put in the middle of their breakup. Okay. But Jason Sudeikis found out that she was already hooking up with Harry Styles or she kissed him at a party through an Apple watch that she like left behind somewhere. Okay. She like saw messages on there. But then he starts to like frantically start texting the, the nanny. And of course the nanny is watching the kids. So a lot of times it's messages like, you know, she's ha- she's like watching the kids, but Olivia's not around. So Jason's like complaining to her about the nanny, about Olivia not being around and all this stuff. Some of the highlights of what had happened between, uh, and you know, it's terrible. Like, that's sad. You know, breakups aren't good. I think it makes people act um, unwell. But some of the highlights of the messages that uh, came out um, were interesting because they basically were like, just talking about how little things that he would do. Like he was just so brokenhearted. She like really felt for him. She, he, but then he would do things like he, the kids weren't allowed to listen to his music anymore. Hmm. They weren't allowed to listen to like watermelon sugar anymore. Um, And she would get drunk and he would like vent to the nanny. 
Um, and the nanny got like super duper uncomfortable with everything that was going on. But um, some of like the the frantic things he would say would be like, you know, he's she's like going out there and this morning she made her special salad dressing. And I know that she made it because she made a salad for him. Right. Like and then, of course, the Internet was like, well, I, we need to know what the salad dressing is. But like just stuff like that. But um, he did some crazy stuff. Like one time he got really sad because I think after the salad dressing incident, she was trying to leave. Olivia was trying to leave. And he laid himself in front of Olivia Wilde's car, Jason Sudeikis, so that she wouldn't leave. And the nanny, I don't buy this. No, I don't, so, I don't believe. No, no, no. So listen. At all. So the nanny, no, because the text that the nanny released basically were like him apologizing to the nanny for putting her in the middle of everything that was going on. Okay. But my favorite text that he sent to the nanny, uh, I'm going to pull it up real quick in a second. It is so funny uh not to laugh at his misery but kind of he said to her you are a good person with an amazing heart please please don't think for a second you will be punished for any of this love will win hashtag believe (laughs) like uh from ted lasso Lasso. yes i don't but i don't i don't believe this i don't don't like first of all that happened I don't believe that this nanny story is anywhere uh, near the truth. That sounds insane. I, I'm okay. Let me. Let me do I that. will say I, I like Jason Sudeikis's work a lot. I love Ted Lasso. I like him in other things also. I don't know if I if I one hundred percent believe Jason Sudeikis is sincere and all like the happy messaging that he's been pus- putting out recently. Like when he hosted 100%. SNL, he mm-hmm. was talking about oh this is such a I think Jason Sudeikis has a little bit of motherfucker in him yes. um, that he, you know, that he hides pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but yeah, but I don't believe that he was lying in front of the car. It's ridiculous. Can I read you a bit from the Daily Mail article? It made me laugh. The, oh, the Daily Mail article. <laughs> Let me read you the article. Where's the Pulitzer? Okay, hold on. <laughs> Quote, he was so heartbroken. <laughs> I felt for him, the nanny alleged. <laughs> He started telling me the details of her relationship with Styles, and he said she put the move on him. She she put the first move on him. The nanny also claimed – I love the way they put this. The nanny also claimed Sudeikis threw himself under Wild's car one time to try to stop her from leaving to go see the Watermelon Sugar Singer 28. <laughs> 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 the watermelon mm. sugar singer 28 28 yeah i don't know I, what's yeah, the salad I, I dressing the salad dressing well so then he started talking about the salad dressing and then olivia wilde being the shady bitch that she is posted the <laughs> recipe for the salad dressing on her instagram stories oh okay so that's how the internet found it yeah exactly it was out there exactly. you know this is um just as a side note how do you feel about celebrities telling you their recipes of the food, of their food? I, number one, I'm never impressed because I'm like, you look like you don't eat. So yeah, exactly. It, it depends on the celebrity that's telling me a recipe, you know, like, like you know, there's like all these like uh, you'll find like shows or like YouTube because whatever they're like usually like um, uh, like marketing a movie or something. They'll be like, oh. I don't know. Somebody Taylor Swift makes a ham sandwich or something like that, right? A Taylor <laughs> yeah. ham sandwich. Yeah, Ooh, that's a great yeah. idea. Actually, somebody get on that. A Taylor Swift <laughs> Taylor ham sandwich. Anyway, Swift Taylor ham sandwich. <laughs> that's a but New like, Jersey I've never, classic. Yeah. Why do I want to like see how a celebrity prepares their meal? It did, mm-hmm. you know. They're not like chefs. What do I care if Kellyanne Conway puts walnuts in her paella? <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine Kellyanne Conway making paella? That's ridiculous. No, I've also seen, and the thing is, it's so frustrating because the way like TikTok works and like social media mm-hmm. works, like there's this recipe of like a salad that Jennifer Aniston ate throughout the entire filming of of Friends. Real, it's just it's like it's quinoa, cucumbers, chickpeas, red onions, and a dressing. It's not like a lot. It's just. 
it's just vegetables with quinoa and a dressing. It's nothing phenomenal. <laughs> but the internet will like you accidentally watch one clip of an, one old clip of friends on on Instagram. Yeah. And suddenly you're like bombarded with 17 different influencers <laughs> making Jennifer Aniston's um salad. And it's always like it's always like it's always a, with something ridiculous, like, you guys, this salad ate. Like, I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I hate you. No, no I know uh, people, unfortunately, know I'm going to turn 40 next year. Uh, I want to emphasize next year. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, so I'm an old person, right? And I'm not on TikTok. I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on any of the social medias. But, like, I'll get, like, you know, sometimes I'll be, like, compilation videos on YouTube. I am an old person, but I am on YouTube. Um, or I watch you clips on YouTube. I, I need, to, I know this isn't a visual medium, but I need to know how what, what this is. You know, when they're oh, when just they pointing point. on top of their head <laughs> and there's just something else going Where on just behind like them. they're dancing yeah. around and then they point to they're their heads. Point. And yeah. they point to their heads and then they point, point to behind their hips. Them. I'm like, how is this content? You're not even doing anything. The thing in yeah. the back is what I care about. Yeah. I don't want to see yeah. your stupid head. Uh -huh. No, I hate kids. it. I, I can't stand it. And real, well, the worst thing in the world, okay, this is officially geriatric corner right now. Is when people do a lip sync on a video and the lip yeah. sync isn't syncing with the video. Yeah. Oh, what are the lip syncs where it's just like dialogue? Yeah. It's dialogue and they're just staring at the camera. What is, what is that? Is that con am I supposed to be impressed with your creativity? <laughs> oh, I'm so old. <laughs> so bad. So bad. We're so old. Is there a particular like a celebrity that you think you would want to see how they make food? Andrew Tate. <laughs> no, stop it. Stop it. Um, somebody who I'd like to watch uh, to make food. No, I can't think of so I watch um have you seen the chef show on Netflix? Yeah, a little bit of it, yes. So I'd watch that because uh I really like that chef movie and yeah. because John Favreau can really like he can really uh, uh he can really like capture Look. the way. Yeah. Like it's really nice. It looks real nice. And it seems like he also trains, right? And so I like that show. So he's a celebrity, but all of the work that gets done on that show is by the actual chefs. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that yeah. I'm okay with. I don't care. Like, I know there's Selena Gomez has a yes. cooking show. I don't no. give a shit. No. 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 I don't care about it. And it's, by the way, she's like learning how to cook. I don't want to watch Selena <laughs> Gomez learn how to cook. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like I love Padma Lakshmi, right? I love her so much. I love her on mm -hmm. Top Chef. She's amazing. I've seen her in person. She looks like a goddess. Like, she's amazing, right? But she's on Instagram, and she posts these, like, little cooking videos sometimes on Instagram. Like, her daughter will film her or whatever. I love you, Badma. But I don't need to see this. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Because she'll post, like, one time she made, like, a grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah. It was just a fucking grilled cheese sandwich. And guess what? She burnt one side of it. Uh, she was like really insane. important to put the lid on so that the cheese melts without the bread burning and then she like lifted the lid and I was like you burnt the bread <laughs> uh, anyway um, speaking of celebrities and food what a wonderful segue did you hear about what happened with James Corden this week uh, James Corden no that's another guy I don't trust What do you, how do you feel about James Corden oh I don't trust him at all yeah like He's he's a bad guy, I feel. Okay, so here's what happened. James Corden apparently went nuclear on a waiter and was banned from a famous restaurant in New York City. Um, and then the uh, restaurateur, Keith McNally, who's apparently like mm -hmm. a big deal in New York, um, he, <laughs> he posted on Instagram about it. And I'll read you the caption. James Corden is a hugely gifted comedian, but a tiny cretin of a man <laughs> and the most yeah, that's what the guy said yeah and the most abusive <laughs> custard in my balthazar server since the restaurant opened 25 years ago i don't often 86 a customer so today uh until today when i 86 uh, cordon it did not make me laugh here are two examples of the funny man's treatment of my staff he behaved similarly in my former restaurant, Cafe Luxembourg, a few years back. So one of the reports was that in June, James Corden was there on a table 
although this is diabolical, it happens very occasionally in restaurants. After eating uh, his main course, Corden showed the hair to the Balthazar manager, who was very apologetic. Corden was extremely nasty to the manager and said, get us another round of drinks this second and also take care of all of our drinks so far. This this way, I don't write any nasty reviews on Yelp or anything like that. So he did that once. And then another time what he did is this is what happened recently. James Corden was at Balthazar with his wife on October 9th for brunch. He asked for a table outside. Uh, the brunch maitre d' took the party to one of the tables. Mr. Gordon's wife ordered an egg yolk omelet with Gruyere cheese and a salad. A few minutes later, after they received the food, James called their server over and told her that there was a bit of egg white mixed with the egg yolk. <laughs> the server informed the floor manager. The floor manager the kitchen remade the dish, but unfortunately, they sent it with home fries instead of salad. That's when Corden began yelling like crazy to the server. You can't do your job. You can't do your job. Maybe I should go in the kitchen and cook the omelet myself. The waiter was very apologetic, brought over the manager. He returned the dish, and after that, everything was fine. He gave them a glass of champagne to smooth things out. And uh, then after that, the manager, he was, uh, Corden was very pleasant to the manager, but continued Mm -hmm. to be very nasty to the server who was shaken, but professional. Um, and she did continue to finish the rest of the shift. So apparently he was absolutely horrendous to these people. Now, my number one question in this whole situation is, how do you know that there's egg white mixed into your egg yolk omelet with Gruyere cheese? I don't. That's exactly the only thing that I care about. That's the only thing I care about here. How did you, how could you tell a bit of egg white? How? I, I guess so. So what are they saying? That there's like the egg white mix? I think he said there was some egg white in the egg yolk omelet. But how do you know if it's egg white versus like Gruyere? Gruyere oh, so what's an egg yolk omelet? Is that only is that an omelet only made out of yolks? Yeah, I'm, I guess. I'm not that rich. <laughs> <laughs> My God, that's crazy. <clears throat> I want to look up what this egg yolk omelet looks like. Um, let me see. Anyways. Okay. I'm doing I didn't believe the Jason Sudeikis story, but I believe but this one. You do I believe, just believe one. James Corden is just a nasty. Like I don't buy all of the carpool karaoke horse shit. No, I hate. Yeah, that. I believe he's a cretin of a man, <laughs> for sure. Okay, yeah, you can't tell by the way whether this is an egg white or an egg yolk omelet. It's just very yellow. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he seems like a terrible person. And I don't believe that. um, Yeah. Now, what is like the worst experience you've had at a a restaurant? Do you even recall one where you're like, where maybe you were motivated to like act nastily to a waiter or or a wait person? Oh, I will never be mean to a person that is waiting at my table. No, that's never going to happen. I did have, obviously, if you have listened to us on the Patreon, you do know about the time recently this summer I was harassed by a restaurateur in my neighbor in my town it was very dark i do recall that and if i recall correctly i took his side you did you loved him (laughs) um but no i would never do anything to staff like i don't think that that's ever okay yeah no that's ridiculous now the fun thing that happened with this restaurateur is that then apparently james corden reached out to him and uh apologized so then mm-hmm. keith mcnally went on record and took back the <laughs> the 86 thing yeah, yeah. He, he he went back and he said you know what it's fine i take it back he said uh he said he said something like you know um that like you know i he apologized to me and everything is fine and I'll never kick a man when he's down. And if he's really apologetic, like we'll always let him in. You know, he could eat at my restaurant for free for the rest of his life if he ever wanted to, because I let bygones be bygone. But then somebody came up to him, like a TMZ or something, on the streets, like a paparazzi, and asked him about it. And James Corden basically pretended like none of that happened and it was all a lie. And so he took back everything. And now the restaurant tour is upset again because he's like, yeah. now you're making me look like you're gaslighting me. And he's being a dick <laughs> about it. But like that, all of that seems on brand for me with James Corden. Yeah, isn't the show over? What's the deal with him? I never watched yeah. the show. I think he I... rapped, just like just like Ellen. 
Um, I want to talk about this briefly because even though like a couple of weeks ago we said that we're going to do a embargo on all Kanye stuff, we're going to clear our Kanye cookies. Yeah. I don't want to talk about Kanye West. All right. Please. Thank you. But I do think it's important to talk about like how easy it is for anti-Semitism to creep up mm-hmm. like every few months. Yes. It's like, because did you see what's happening? Um, it happened in LA this weekend. No. On like a major highway on a bridge. There's no. signs that says like, believe like, you know, we believe yay. And, um, just very anti-Semitic. Hold on. I'm going to try to find it. Um, because it's very alarming uh, what I saw. Um, but let me see. So there was a, yeah, there's a bunch of signs that said honk if you know Kanye is right about the Jews. And then they quote some book, some uh, conspiracy book. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a conspiracy, like a made up conspiracy. It's called The Protocols. And it's um, it's it's this conspiracy called the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, and it's a fabricated anti-Semitic text purported to describe a Jewish plan for a global domination. It's kind of like just, and it was like published in Russia in like the early 1900s, and it's kind of been like the, you know, the anti-globalist, anti-Jewish, uh, yeah. anti-Soros conspiracy theories like it's sort of like all blended in all of that and now Kanye is uh you know talking about it just and it's like a big part of that conspiracy theory is like the Jews and the banks and Hollywood and you know eating yeah. babies like all that absolutely <laughs> horrible horrific shit it's all um yeah it's all happening and and apparently uh Kanye West is is out there talking about all of it and um he also, I also want to mention that he's getting sued by George Floyd's family right now because yeah. he is out there doing fucking interviews on like, on like Revolt TV, which I'm like, why is Puff Daddy's like company giving this asshole any space? But um, yeah. he's doing interviews talking about like the bullshit, like the fentanyl bullshit. Um, that, you know, George Floyd didn't actually die because of the cop, but actually because he did have like a fentanyl overdose. And that's like a conspiracy theory that like Candace Owens spreads and she made a movie about it. And so now he's like, you know, right in that like MAGA conspiracy anti-BLM like center of it all. And it's just fucking crazy because I, as a person who's like, a, I'm like a millennial, you know, and I always say like, yeah. I'm so grateful for young people for figuring out like how to uh, just like how to do the right thing. Like just like how Gen Z is great with like pronouns and just like letting people be and like kind of sticking it to people where you need to and just, you know, standing up for the right stuff. Like I'm always proud of people younger than me because I don't ever want to be, even though I complained about not understanding TikToks, I... I'm still, yeah, TikToks that point to things. I still want to, you know, give credit to young people because I do feel like they understand the world. We as older people can always learn something from younger people and how to understand the world. But it makes me sad because here's Kanye West, like, being like a, you know, he's like, he's like a, what's it called? Like, he's he's creating a new generation of idiots. Well, so here's the thing, right? Um. I will not give the no. I will give the young people credit. Obviously, and I think that that's something that happens with each generation, right? There, we understand that there are things that we can all be sensitive about that we weren't before, just because you know it wasn't in our purview. Um, so that's always good, right? Um, the thing I'll say is, is that you know I drive on New Jersey highways all the time, and I see insane road signs all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, insane road signs, kind of. All of, of all sorts, right? Um, I remember going to the post office. I used to go to this post office because we at work we had a P.O. box or whatever. And there would be a gentleman that was standing outside. And he used to have three different cardboards. Um, this is like 2011, 2012. Yeah. And, he, and those cardboards used to be about how Obama is part of, I don't know, some sort of secret society and he would like offer to tell me if I had, if I could give him some time, he was going to walk me through the steps or whatever like that. Right. 
And I uh, obviously I would turn, you know, just respectfully decline. But the thing is, is like with freedom of speech. You're telling me that's not a stranger that you struck up a conversation with, I'm shocked. (laughs) I probably talked to him for way longer than I should have. Like I probably, (laughs) like I probably went into like at least a five minute conversation with him, but it wasn't actually about, because I think pretty quickly when I mentioned that I was Muslim, he lost interest. Yeah. um, Because that was part of his thing. So the thing is like these people have always existed. These people will continue to exist. Um, with freedom of speech, it's like, it's, that's what you have to expect, right? It has like these people, like, I'm not saying that anti-Semitism does, like, anti-Semitism exists in this country on a far greater level than any of us acknowledge. Um, it's, it, and not just, you know, outright hatred of Jews, um, but like distrust of Jews, right? I mean, and, and, you know, that, that kind of goes across all cultures, um, yeah. Not about Jews. I mean, like, there's things that are, like, accepted parts about different people all the time that we just say it's it's rude for, for like, a good person to bring up. But you know that that conversation kind of exists for all of us. Yeah. Right? It's just under the surface. Yeah, that's it's why I always bullshit. say everybody's a little bit racist. Every single yeah. culture is a little bit racist. Yes. So all that stuff exists, right? The only thing that makes this story different is the fact that somebody as big as Kanye West is giving it oxygen, is giving it like the freedom to breathe and to grow. And now because it's Kanye West, then the news story picks it up. And then the news is like, oh, look at how crazy Kanye West is. This is the type of stuff that he's inspiring. And then there's going to be news stories about the news story about, oh, look at how the news is covering Kanye West. And, you know, what about freedom of speech, blah, 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 blah. And it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I think what you have to do in these situations is um, at a certain point, it's okay to divorce yourself from a celebrity, regardless of their content. You know what I mean? Um, And that's what I'm doing with Kanye. I'm just, I don't want to hear Kanye's stuff. Kanye, it was a six month no cookie, no no Kanye cookies on my internet search. I think yeah. it, it will have to, uh, it'll get extended to a year because this oh, is just, it's look too at that. much. Well, congratulations. It's too much. Like it's like, yeah. because like there's, you know, there's there's nothing like good about it. Um, it's no. not like I'm going to watch those Kanye videos at any point or anybody's going to watch those videos um, and say, oh, you know what? I see that he has a point. You are, you, you know, we're essentially watching somebody who, clearly needs help yeah just you know self-destruct say crazy shit be harmful um and some of us are watching it for the spectacle some of us are watching it for the you know for the craziness so we can make fun of him um and then some people watch it and go oh you know what maybe kanye has a point like none of those are good things none of those are things that should be amplified yeah, so, that's why in this day and age in 2020, we personally know more than one person who's a flat earther. Like, yes. it's nuts. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's crazy. Um, okay, one more thing on the topic of um, of conspiracy theories because I've got some really great friends that I'm very very close to, and you know, you think everybody's like very like minded. And everybody uh-huh. like un- understands the world the same way as you. And then you start to talk to them and you're like, you're the person. You're the person in like 1997 that would send me a forward that's like a chain forward. Like you would mm-hmm. be that person. Yep. Because that stuff is like, it's like evolved, right? Like it used to be chain mail and then it turned into chain emails and mm-hmm. and then it was like you know for our moms and stuff it's like WhatsApp forwards, and yeah, for buddy. our generation it's Instagram like TikToks and Reels of just misinformation, just misinformation. So one of the things that I recently thought was maddening because of these people that like I'm friends with is like my friend I know somebody who sent me like a, a thing of how. There's these signs that women need to watch for, for Mm -hmm. how to not get kidnapped in like parking lots. Okay. Okay. And the videos are always me. They're always the same. It's always a frantic, like blonde woman. 
in like a parking lot in like a, you know and she's got like a kia telluride or something like a very nice car it's white obviously <laughs> and she's giving all these and like there's this like this way this frantic way of of like of like tiktok videos or instagram videos where the camera's like zooming in and out like yeah. crazy right and she's very frantically talking and she's giving all these reasons for like things that you need. If you go to your car and there is a zip tie tied to your door, it means that your car has been marked and now somebody's going to follow you. And like people have smartphones. They would just take a picture of your car, of your license plate. What are you going to do with the zip tie? What are you going to do with the zip tie? Or like if you go to your car and there is money in the windshield don't pick up the money because number one, it could be laced with something that leaves you unconscious and then it's easy for them to grab you or it gives enough time for somebody to reel. Come out from underneath your car, hidden, <laughs> grab you by the ankles, cut you in the Achilles heels yeah, and abuse you. White ladies are obsessed, <laughs> obsessed with being sex trafficked. They're obsessed with it. And the thing is, like, so I don't know if you know this about me, but when I was in D.C., do you know that I – um <laughs> a hell of a segue. No, Jeez, I, when I was when – I, when I interned in D.C. one summer, I volunteered with this organization called the Polaris Fund, and mm-hmm. they are an organization that helps women who have been sex trafficked rejoin society. Mm-hmm. And so they talk to you a lot about what that actually looks like. And I didn't do anything. I just like, you know, stuffed envelopes and stuff. But I met yeah. a lot of people who actually would like work out in the field and try to get women to like literally save women yeah. that they knew were being pimped out or were in the process of being pimped out. Because people think mm-hmm. that sex trafficking is like taken where you just, you know, there's the chloroform and then you get snatched. And the next thing you know, you're in like Eastern Europe and you're somebody's like sex slave. That's not how it works. The way it works is that it's actually a slow process that usually happens to people who, you know, women who don't have um, like stable housing or women who uh, end up getting into these situations with their partners. It usually happens by people who women know. And it usually mm-hmm. happens at a young age. So a lot of times it's women within, you know, it's family friends, it's family members that yeah. are sexually abusing girls and then will start to pimp out girls. And like, so yeah. it's a lot of these things. Like it's a lot of, um, a lot of times like men will go out on the street and they will find women, these pimps, they don't look like, you know, they look like very stylish, nice guys. And they mm-hmm. give you cards for business opportunities. And then yeah. you start attending meetings and, you know, they start to get you more and more interested. It's a it's a slow process that happens. And a majority of the women who are typically targeted, the the um, you know, the uh the demographic is black and brown women. It's immigrants, yeah. it's undocumented immigrants, it's uh people with uh drug addiction, stuff like that. The only time you're really gonna get snatched is if like they're grabbing like drug addicts or homeless women but like ma'am you like outside of target like you're not gonna get snatched i i don't i don't want to um i don't want to go all in on this lady um well i want to go all in on this lady i don't want to go all in on the scenario because obviously kidnappings happen they do happen it's a reality right yes sex crimes happen all the time so i don't i don't I don't know if I want to judge somebody else's anxiety about it, right? Obviously, what this person is doing is something else. They're trying to go viral. They're trying to just kind of create a moment for themselves. So, fuck her. Um, But it's not just white women, right? So, like, one of my friends forwarded me this on WhatsApp. She's like, oh, my God, this is so scary. And it was an ABC News story about rainbow fentanyl about like fentanyl that looks like candy. And uh-huh. she's like, I'm so worried uh, my kid is going to go trick or treat, trick or treating. And I don't want her to get the rainbow fentanyls. I'm like, who is giving away good drugs for free? Are you insane? <laughs> who is giving away drugs? This economy? I know. <laughs> Do you know how much my medical marijuana card costs? It's $250 every year. I need to renew it. <laughs> So, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, you, but it's, it's, it's crazy because there is a market of women on the internet who have found their niche of like, of like, of like psychologically terrorizing women Mm -hmm. who are perfectly safe in suburbia with these ideas that they're going to get snatched. And then it's crazy because like the, the, the circle the, the really the Venn diagram of of like people who are obsessed with like true crime and people yeah. who are obsessed with serial killers and people mm-hmm. who are obsessed with getting sex trafficked it's a circle of white women and <laughs> I, I shouldn't say white women it's a circle yeah, of suburban on. women okay it yes. is a circle of suburban women because my friend is not white but the women yeah. that she shares with me on TikTok are all white. Um, but yeah. like that's you know, and and it's crazy because like these are the same moms. Like there's also now parents, fucking parents, who are dressing their kids like serial killers for Halloween. I swear to God, if your kids show up as Dahmer, I am leaving. I would leave. I would leave the <laughs> earth. Who's gonna buy them the costume? Me? Yeah. No, Aiden wants to be a vampire and he also got like a fake bloody dagger at the at Spirit Halloween. And I hate it. I like want to get I want to lose it. Like I want to I want to just like oh got lost but like just throw it away. What's a I'm vampire like, doing with a dagger first of all? That's he what has I said. Teeth. I was like Aiden it doesn't make sense. He was like what about a machete? I was like no. <laughs> he was La like Dracula. He's like, because it's blood, and that's how he's going to get the blood out of you. I was like, no, he has fangs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, By the way, the costume is ridiculous. It has a cross on it. I'm like, a vampire would never wear a cross, you <laughs> idiot. Spirit Halloween, what are you doing? Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> but yeah. Have you ever just- dressed up for Halloween? You have. Yeah. When you yeah, did. I have. Oh. With my kids, I like know. a couple of times. Last year, I was Luigi. For Noah, because oh. he was Mario. Um, the year before that, uh, I was Sally from. Now I've been I've been Sally from Nightmare Before Christmas a couple of times for my kids. Oh. Yeah, I've never but dressed up for Halloween. This year is the first year. I, the one year I was uh, when I was pregnant, I was the Death Star. And, oh, that's true. And Aiden was Chewbacca, and Fahad was uh, Han Solo. That's cute. Yeah, I I enjoyed dressing up for Halloween, but now I don't. Now I have a mm-hmm. I got a shirt that says "Let's Go Ghouls," and <laughs> it's got three little girl goats on it. Uh. <laughs> and that's what I intend on wearing uh, with some sweatpants to go trick or treating because I don't care anymore. Sounds like a great time. Yeah, yeah, but um, anyway, those are those uh. Those were those were my topics. Are you going to be listening to the Taylor Swift album this week? We need to talk about Taylor Swift at some point. I can't wait. We can talk about her on Monday when we've uh, next Monday when we have consumed all of her new album, and then we can discuss how her latest music video promotes fat phobia. Oh, really? Is that what it does? <laughs> <laughs> not so, so good for you taylor you're 5'10 and you're a thin uh, white lady so i was anti-taylor swift uh during well i was never i should say anti-taylor swift you, i always you were not I've a always taylor enjoyed, ham swifty i was not a taylor ham swifty um i was um i always enjoyed her music um i was never a, what are her fans called swifties swifties yeah. Oh, they are Swifties. Yeah. Um, so during her like peak when she was all the way up, I was not Team Taylor, right? Mm-mm. And then she had to fall from Grace because of like the leaked voicemail or whatever, right? Yeah. So I really enjoyed that. I was all in on that. I was like, oh yay, this is fun. And then I watched her Netflix uh, documentary, which is really like an infomercial for her. But then I got back on Team Taylor, right? Uh-huh. Um, because she started and I was like you know what I'm on team Taylor I enjoy her music and she seems like a good person yeah and then her album came out during the pandemic which you and I listened to and both cried it was beautiful yeah I don't like about it feels like Taylor Swift is kind of back uh she's kind of at her peak again Mm -hmm. and I don't care for her fans they are maniacal they're insane and I've 
feel like she knows that they're maniacal and she only takes advantage of that. So I am now once again turning my back on Taylor Swift. Now here's the thing, Rihanna. Here's the thing. You went on about 25 minutes in the beginning of this episode yeah. about Touchdown Tommy and yes. how he's a lunatic and it just makes you love him more and da da. Yes. What do you, couldn't you say the same for what Taylor is doing with her fans? No, not at all. Why not? Because I said no, not at all. <laughs> I haven't thought this up through. <laughs> with Touch right, on well, Tommy, with the yeah. fans being crazy and him being crazy, it's about caring. It's like, why do we care? We should not care. This is stupid. It's fucking dress up. I feel like Taylor Swift. Nah, we don't have to get into it. She cares too. She cares. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. She, the she thing cares. I, the thing yeah. The thing I don't care for is that she never acknowledged the fact that she was a little bit complicit in what happened with her and Kanye. Like she never, she never, um, you know, she never admits to the fact that, oh, you know what? Yes, I probably should not have pretended like I had no idea what Kanye was doing. Okay, that is on me. That is a little bit on me, which I don't think she's ever said. Yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm going to be very honest with you. I have no idea. Either I have no idea what happened with the or my mm-hmm. brain was just like, you don't have space for this anymore. And I just yeah. it just exited out. It just opened up space for like remembering the lyrics to uh, every single lyric of uh, Candace Dillard Bassett from Real Housewives of Potomac's new song. So <laughs> I have no idea what I, I have no idea what that last sentence was. But it sounded <laughs> very funny. Yes. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, thank you, everybody, for being here. Thank you for listening. Uh, Go, Phillies. Okay. Don't be patronizing, okay? Uh, we'll be back. Raheel will be back. Uh, he'll be on the Patreon. Um, for patrons, I will be recapping the uh, House of the Dragon House of the Dragon finale. We might get my husband on it. Ooh. He has some thoughts. Um, a problematic fellow. This is not. Um, And well, so you can catch us there on the Patreon. And then for non patrons, that same episode will release later on in the week. And then Housewives, we will be, I'll be back on Wednesday to talk about Rehasas of Potomac with Arthi. Thank you for listening. Bye bye. (laughs) 